Buzz Talk Business, talking to you about the real stories and connecting real with people with real life. This is Buzz Talk Business. Hi, Aylith. Hi, good Lovely morning. Lovely to see you. Yeah, how are you? Yeah, all good, thank you very much. Good. So you come to talk to us about um, quite a sensitive story. Mm-hmm. Um, what? I have. Um, I am a civil funeral celebrant. Um, basically, that means that I guide, advise, and take and write funeral services for families. As an independent funeral celebrant, I can either work through funeral directors, but I work for myself, and um, families will come to me once a loved one has died, um, and I write a service that really represents who that person was. That's really sensitive, isn't it? You obviously must spend time with the, with the um, people whose relative has died. Yes. And get to know them. Yeah, it's very important. And you have to be a people person to start with. Very much so. I think being able to listen, uh, having as empathy, really caring um, and wanting to actually deliver a service that represents that person and something that the family really feels is meaningful to them. It's, it's a really interesting because when I knew you were coming in and everything, you just think it's a celebrant. What is a celebrant? And um, are there different types? And it turns out it's a massive field and people don't understand that whole concept do they? I think there's a huge lack of understanding and education around what happens when somebody dies basically, what's available what choices people have and part of the role that I have is to try and advise and guide um, and to work alongside not just funeral directors but independently working with families as well um, to give them advice and to show them different pathways that they can take so talking about the different pathways then, I mean, when somebody dies, you're, you're traumatised and tormented, so mm-hmm. you're, you're, you don't really think properly mm. most of the time. So you're kind of guided by the normal establishment and the established way of doing things. Yeah. What are some alternatives? Uh, the alternatives are you don't have to use a funeral director. You can take those steps yourself. There's some understanding that needs to be had and some guidance that needs to be given, but that is an option. That's a quite um, a massive thing to start with, mm-hmm. isn't it? it you know, would your be family huge. member friend dies. Yeah. Um, and you don't have to go down the funeral director route. I mean, I'm pausing even... <laughs> it's a strange concept. I know, it's, it's a, a strange a, concept. And it's something that, again, we don't understand because it's not really talked about. But if you go back to how the sort of the funerals that we know and understand today, where they came from, really only came from Victorian times. Before the Victorians, families would very much do all those processes themselves, pretty much. Um, so in terms of looking after the body... Um, taking care of that person and then seeing the process right through to burial, a family would generally do all of that. You come to Victorian times when everything was about status, um, it very much became a show of wealth, a show of status. And that's pretty much where we still are today, although changes are coming and there's been um, many things that have come over the last couple of years, things like unattended funerals, things like woodland burials, so things are improving, choices are being given, um, but I still think there's a long way to go. And There's a lot of learning to be had, isn't there, there, is, there with yeah, that? Because there is, you just yeah. think you... <laughs> 
you, your, your relative or friend dies and then you go to the funeral directors and it goes from there and you're kind of guided from them and mm-hmm. this is one reason why you came into this business, wasn't it? It is. I mean, having looked after several loved ones, you know, my own family, my in-laws' family um, and friends, I think it's really important to understand what choices are there and then always given... Um, in a straightforward manner they're not always given at all um, and sometimes they're giving in a as a sort of last resort type option and they don't have to be a last resort it's really I think for anybody working with a bereaved family it's understanding what they need and what they want not just about the the choices that they want to deliver to them um, okay so let's get away slightly from mm. that element of it do you work with people as soon as their family members have died or are you in contact with them before both really um for some people i come to them um through a funeral director and it's once their loved one has died once they're in that bereaved stage um one thing that i absolutely love doing is working with families and individuals way before that um so something that i'm absolutely passionate about is planning pre-planning funerals again it's probably not a subject that we go into much it's not something that many people understand they probably understand financial planning for a funeral because that's advertised and that's spoken about um, and we're becoming more educated about that but actually having an input into your own funeral whilst you're alive and hopefully whilst you're not always necessarily in any bad health you might be very fit and healthy but you'd like a say in actually how things are going to be done once once you're not here yeah, that's really interesting, isn't it? Are more and more people doing this then? Yes, it's. I think as we start to talk about it, as we start mm. to educate around it, it's something that more and more people want to to take away the stress for their family once they've gone. I think it's normalising it, isn't mm. it? It is, it absolutely is. Mom, it is something that's all going to happen. You know we're gonna, yeah, yeah. Mum kind of planned hers way before and she kept saying to me about it, I said, like, don't talk to Mum, you've got plenty of life in you. She even talked about the wheel, where the wheel was hidden in the house, I don't want to know, you've got plenty of life in you. And then she's surprisingly taken really so and I think where did she say that wheel went to <laughs> I, I remember her saying that where she had it all set up but I couldn't find any paperwork so lucky enough they found all that Yeah. and my mum's always pictured saying I'm going to get one of those recycle um, boxes to go in and I had that vision but lucky enough she didn't she had a proper coffin yes. uh, all paid for already basically so she did all that yeah she did all that so what I had to do is arrange flowers because she, she didn't even want flowers just literally just what she ordered that's it yeah. job done kind of thing can I know. ask though you, you said that you didn't want to have that discussion or you didn't want to chat with her about well, it because you felt that she had plenty of well, yeah, I mean, she, she was very healthy mm-hmm. on, on her last legs in the hospital mm-hmm. passing. She's kind of like said, um, what's happening to me? And I got very tearful and I didn't know what to say to her. And I said, I said to the doctor and the doctor said, just be honest with her. Mm-hmm. So when she came around again, she was a lot of um, pain in her tummy because she was softly suffered with that before and they kind of mm-hmm. keep it comfy. But then she was in and out of consciousness. When she woke back up again, she's going to say, what's happening? She's, am I dying? I said, yeah. She's, let me go then. I said, it's not down to me. Yeah. So we kind of saw all that, how that progress. And then she says, she gave me that really funny look. I said, what's the matter? She says, I'm really pissed off, she said. Um, I said, why? She says, where's this come from? I said, I don't know, because Saturday, because it's a Sunday, Saturday, she was yeah. running around the garden centre buying bits and pieces. She was like, health is what, anything. Yeah. And then, then Sunday is very much like, that was it. And you it's know. a really, and I'm, I'm so sorry that you did lose your no, mind no, in that way and probably didn't have much time to come to terms with what was happening yourself. I had all the family around ask me questions, what, yeah. what's the next stages, and yeah. I don't know, I'm not the expert here. <laughs> and it's something that I think if 
to tr- part of what I would like to do is to sort of try to demystify what mm. happens at that stage, um, not just for the person themselves going through it, but also the family around. Mm. I've spent uh, nearly seven years of my sort of career working in a nursing and dementia home where we supported families right the way through that sort of stage, um, through full end of life care um, and support once somebody had passed as well. And I think the more we can break down those sort of barriers and break down some of the fear that surrounds dying, um, I think it will, and we educate ourselves, I actually think it will bring um, far more peace to us and far more peace, therefore, to the person who's who's dying as well. Yeah, because I mean, the, the family was asking me questions, what's happening next? Because mum's kind of going to sleep because obviously they're going to keep her comfy. Mm-hmm. So we didn't have much conscious time with her. Mm-hmm. But we did, it was, it was little bits and pieces. Mm-hmm. But the whole process, I don't, I don't know what the process is. So I Googled it and they told the end of life, because that's what the hospital basically calls it, end of life. Yeah. And it had, it had steps in on yeah. Google. Yes. <laughs> and it was actually bang on. Every stage my mum was going through, how kind of like things were going, bang on that was. It's awful you know. to call it a process because yeah. process, anything that's process based seems to be very black and white and have a, a distinct order. But actually, it t- generally towards the end of life, mm. um, that is exactly how it is. It doesn't always work that way, but generally there is that process. Yeah. And I it think is like birth understand as it well. Is. You know, yeah. the baby is born yeah. one way or the other. Yeah. Uh, and that is a process and yeah. so it, when something is born something will die and it yeah. must be a, well, a, no, a no, situation that's, that's exactly when a baby's born they take its first gust of breath end of life they actually have one gust of breath and then that's it yeah. that's, the, that's, that's the end of the process I know yeah, um, that's, so that's I mean that's what you're saying isn't it yeah. to be able to talk about things like that yeah. and what to do and how to plan for afterwards absolutely it, uh, well everything is calm and rational yes. and not fraught yes. and yeah. I don't know what to do I don't know what's happening you're more in control and so is the loved one because trying to take on that sort of information and really hear what people are telling you when you're fraught when you're really anxious and you're watching a loved one you know die you're not going to take on board all the information and I think be as present as you would like to be emotionally um, and I think particularly that's sometimes I think that's felt by the person um, that you love and I think the more we can be there be present be understanding the comfort that that will bring is enormous comfort for everybody I mean, she, she was quite funny and you're right to the end the very last bit was about can you make sure my cat's alright <laughs> yeah, so, so yeah they want to know it's okay she to was leave really yeah. good right to the end That's, you know and it is that I mean Beverly just said about being okay to leave I think sometimes we have to give permission to those people who are, are dying to Absolutely. say it's okay mm-hmm. it's alright you can go now everything's in order everything's fine we will be okay you know even if you're not yeah 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 so i mean apart from so i can hear um your philosophy behind the reason that you're becoming a set you become a celebrant um in the meantime you're in this process where people don't know about all that so you've got to um educate people as you go along Mm -hmm. so that's a good thing that you've come to talk to us now but your current clients yes you're in a different situation with them aren't you because you're supporting them from a traditional point of view yes so i mean if i look at the work that i've got we i work with families predominantly at the moment who are bereaved um and therefore i go in find out about go and meet with them find out about their loved one um, who they were to get the very essence of who they were and really also understand from a family whether they're looking at that celebration of life as part of the ceremony or whether they really are looking more towards a traditional funeral and I'm able to do both but I think for me to start to 
talk to people, to start to educate, to start to work around, actually, let's have these conversations way beforehand when we're all hopefully fit and well, when we all can sit down with a cup of coffee or a glass gin. of wine in our hand. Yeah. Well, gin, yeah, in your case. <laughs> <laughs> um, coffee, gin, wine, but just sit and have a chat um, and normalise it. We know, as you said, we're born, we know we're going to die. Mm. What we don't know is how long and just quite how, but the more we can have those sort of conversations in a very calm, quite often light-hearted manner. Um, I, I understand that some people uh, maybe believe in fate and therefore don't want to have that conversation. And that's absolutely fine. It isn't for everybody. But I mm. think there's an awful lot of people out there, like um, you, I, like me, who might yeah, just... I think if I was planning my funeral now, it kind of makes me feel like I'll be down that road soon. So I'd rather not just yes, live yeah. life as it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah you wouldn't yeah. do that, would yeah. you? And I think that's we've got to be respectful of everybody's wishes and mine is to say that how I would want things and how you would want things are probably two very different things and that's okay that's all that's right fine. We don't that's all, fine yeah absolutely we don't all have to be the same but it's a saying that you've got your choice I've got my choice what other choices do people have yeah. and are we aware of what they it's are? about being informed it is that's what yeah. so you can decide yeah. not to do anything or decide to do something yeah. and know there's options when the time comes because you yeah. will remember yes. even if you do nothing about yes. it so currently you're an independent funeral celebrant and that means you can support the family at the service if they decide to go along that traditional route um do you one thing i found is really interesting is do you talk on behalf of the family about the family member or um is there a bit of mix and match depends on what the family want really i'm there literally as the voice piece for the family so all the words that i say have come with the full approval of the family so it's not about me i'm literally there as that person who's their voice um, because maybe they can't stand up they don't want to stand up and do it themselves um, for whatever reasons i would always encourage a family if they can or individuals if they can to be a part of the service but absolutely again understand that that's not for everybody and not everybody feels that they could do that but I love it when families are heavily involved in the service um, because I'm just there to put their words forward but the more somebody can generally be involved um, the more meaningful it becomes from mm. them and for them and I think the more peace they tend to get at the end of it as well that's rich. Can, and can you explain because um, before we met mm -hmm. I didn't realise there was a difference between independent and the other kind humanist yeah um, and I think a lot of people probably were in that same boat because you didn't know independent didn't mean humanist. I think generally now, um, so I, as a civil as a civil celebrant, a civil celebrant such as myself, an independent one, can take religious services, can have totally non-religious content, or can be semi-religious. So I can work alongside um, somebody's priest or vicar, their ordained minister. I can work um, independently and say things like the Lord's Prayer, or if a family want a hymn, that's absolutely fine. But um, and I could do totally non-religious as well. A humanist has slightly different views. There is absolutely no afterlife. There's no life beyond this for a humanist. And their service doesn't contain any religious content at all. 
Um, so I'm able to be far more flexible than a humanist because I can do both. Do a little bit of both. Yes. So it's a nice little combination yeah. if I it comes to it. If a family wanted um, a good deal of religious content, then I would absolutely guide and advise them to go to their an ordained minister um, according to their faith. Um, one thing I can't do is during the committal, which is the sort of the final act of saying goodbye. A lot of you might know it as you know, the bit where the curtain comes around mm-hmm. or the bit where the coffin goes into the ground. That's called the committal. Um, that I can do that in a non-religious way, but an ordained minister can say prayers around that. Um, so it is just slightly different, but as a, a civil celebrant, I'm far more flexible. So what do you enjoy about your job? Uh, I love supporting families. I love meeting people. I love listening to people's stories. And I like being able to find ways of supporting them and helping them through their grief. Yeah, because I remember when, when Dad passed away, um, it just sparked off great memories you know a a life journey from when when he was a boy to where he was on his last day sort of thing do you know what I mean there's there was always that step that people remember you know me and my brother were sat there with mum and we just reeling off these stories and I could see the celebrant writing it all down (laughs) ratically going oh yeah so what what sort of music did he like and all that kind of things and it was you know how you put it into a service you know is phenomenal i think it's the words come Mm. um for me a a few gentle questions to a family and hopefully a family will just start opening up and start chatting and talking and facts around an individual are great but for me it's trying to get to the essence of who they were and the more i listen and gently question the more these wonderful nuggets of information come out about little things that happened in your childhood things that maybe you'd forgotten about that suddenly a memory comes up Um, and that's the essence of the person Person that I'm trying to write about and so generally the stories write themselves um, mm. but it's through that's what we were finding when yeah. we were sat there yeah. I remember sitting there for about two hours and reading <laughs> off all these stories but you could have gone oh we could have gone on for another two hours if you know what I mean with, with and then stories. it's your job to collate it all I kind of collate it all um, and that can be very hard because most services if you're looking at a standard crematorium are half an hour mm. and that's got to include the sort of the walking in, the introduction, mm. all the bits and the elements and the committal and then the final farewell sort of bit, as well as the eulogy. So it's quite hard to get it all condensed down mm. into a short period of time. So lots of, um, I know, for example, my own mother, she she wanted a, a one-hour slot at the crematorium. So the first half hour was the sort of the start. It was. <laughs> and she wrote the whole thing herself, honestly. Oh. So this is where you 13, got it from. 13 years ago, but my mum knew that she was going to be going and wrote the whole service, all the music, she even had a CD produced, which all the music wow. it was <laughs> I don't come from a control sort, controlling sort of family at all. But I think it should be remembered as a happy time. Yeah, to be fair weird. with you, yeah, you know, because uh, so many people think, oh, well, it's doom and gloom. But no, it's oh. it's, it's, a, it's a celebrant celebration. Uh, a celebration of someone's life at the end of the day. Exactly, exactly. isn't it? You know, Absolutely. it's when a. It should be up in lights. A hundred percent. And I think that's the that's the crux of it for me, which is understanding hopefully that a family want to be able to celebrate the life. We mourn death, of course we do, and it's mm. absolutely yes. absolutely right to do. Um, and grief can be very wide and very deep for families. But in that moment, I think to be able to celebrate the fact that you knew that person, you loved you that can person, have a laugh. you can have fun mm. fun telling stories about that person. And after my services, I love people to be able to go with a smile on their face, you know and a slightly lifted heart well you can see how much it means to you your whole energy there with that I think you've got to remember as well the person that you know 
sadly has passed away, hopefully they're laughing back at you. Absolutely. You absolutely. know, I mean, like, oh, you're talking about me. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. I think, uh, yeah, heaven alone knows what will happen when they do it. Laughing down. Or they'll be it's, lightning. Exactly. It's really important to me to be able to say, they, yes, they are gone, and that's really sad, and that mm. grief will last it's as long ha- as It's it our lasts. missing of them, isn't it? it as is. opposed to the celebration of their life. We've got, and grief is just, we've got somewhere to put the love mm. that we felt for that person, and that tends to go into grief and minus to try and say that will carry on so your grief will be what it will be but to when you're feeling like that to try and focus on the bits that would have made you smile to try and balance out your memories if you're thinking for maybe a loved one if you've watched a loved one pass away if you have those those memories and those are quite traumatic um, try and balance them out with maybe something that made you smile something that they did that was really stupid something that they did that you thought what exactly. on earth is going on <laughs> and I, you start I, to get the balance I do regular videos of my thoughts so when my kid, when I pass my kids have got lots to watch yes do so, you yeah, yeah do that and then I do a video every five years updating my last wow. video which will be what hopefully get played at my funeral yeah wow. so my last thoughts wow well, how long's your funeral going to be <laughs> <laughs> I think we need a day for this one don't we and you, are you going to edit it beforehand I edit it I go every five years every five years I change it so it kind of puts a lot more in but kind of keep it to like five minutes wow uh, and I've change it so why I'm still able I'll yeah. change it and then when I get to the point when I'm not able it'll be the last one I did see that with my last thought see with my marble was still there now know? who else have you told about that nobody exactly <laughs> yeah exactly it, it will be my it will be my sort of like instructions I know, you know? but we've got what, you know, there's play my video or else or else we're going to find the video we're going to work out how to do it I'm scared <laughs> I like that I was just kind of thinking what Rogers would be um, as, the, as the coffin's going and coming down that would be like the um, top ten for you know yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Top ten outside broadcasts. But you are exactly right, aren't you? It is about a celebration because, yes. and again, you know, you, you were talking about the Victorians at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, we have learned how to behave when people die and how to behave at a funeral. You all wear black, you're all completely respectful, nobody yeah. laughs, nobody does anything else. I was at my friend's one the other day and she had some music and she loved dancing and I really, really wanted to dance down the aisle mm. as I left. Yeah. I didn't, but I really wanted to, yeah. you know? And you're saying, do it. Do it. Exactly, do it. because it, it is yeah. a celebration, isn't it? Should it should be a celebration of everything that that person stood for and... Uh, I think for families to understand that actually if they can uphold what your wishes were and not just go with the traditional route whatever your wishes were if we can if the family can go with that actually that's the last act that they can really do for that person mm. so and it can make you smile make and it, remind you make it fun think about the music that you love think about any poetry or readings if that's appropriate I mean I've got friends of mine who said absolutely stipulated that he wants everybody in flip flops regardless of the time of year I was just going to say something similar to that where it's a case of like why do when it, why is it when you go to a funeral everyone is wearing black it's know, all a little yes. bit doom and gloom well I would yes, never do that now yeah, I would know? never do no, that no. I'd rather We've wear something learned. bright yes We've learnt those behaviours because mm. they've exactly. been instilled generations in Generations of like, Absolutely, yeah. generations. Mm. And I think things are changing. You look at the natural burial sites now that you can um, yeah. go to. Either somebody can uh, take somebody's ashes and have them interred on a natural burial site, or you can be buried in a natural burial site as well, full burial. But that's, and generally you have a huge amount of time there. It's in a very natural setting. Um, and it comes away from the traditional. Most people are in wellies because if you're doing it in an English, well, even English summer, 
you probably need you know wet weather gear um so it, they are coming away from that point of view and it makes you smile it because it's not in your traditional setting doing it the traditional way you have to kind of think right i'm not going to wear black right i'm going to be where well is i'm going to yes. wear flip-flops and you kind of feel a bit edgy about the whole thing yeah. but if you do it you are celebrating somebody's yes. wishes and life and you Absolutely. can be sad and miss them in another way yes it yes. was what's that thing um grief is only love there was nowhere to go absolutely and that's that's what it is that yes. what is what yes. grief is that's all it is and we've got to put that love somewhere so for me on that final ceremony on that last thing that you can do is to put your love into giving that person the best send-off the send-off that you know they would have wanted not necessarily the send-off that is expected and I think we and that's another reason for somebody to be able to tell you and the family members before absolutely when you're all normal and you're all healthy and you're sitting around having a cup of tea and a slice of cake have the conversation about flip-flops have the conversation about any other I'm going to get thinking quirky things that you want I've already told my family my music because I'm, as you're all leaving, is Queen Fat Bottom Girls. That's been my music. My, my I, I think when I pass, my mum's going to have a go at me. She <laughs> spent six months in my toilet for a while before I decide what to spread with her ashes. <laughs> Yeah, you're going to be in so, big trouble. So I, did, I did go back to the crematorium where she oh. was, and I spreaded them in the lovely garden there in the end. Okay. But okay. Th- yeah, she was in the toilet for six months, and I think, what did I do? What did I spread? She wanted to be dropped from a drain. I thought, no, that could be heavy. Oh, God, that's too sensible. She wanted to be, so you didn't do it. No, because, I mean, it's, my, my drain went, it, I mean, the ashes are quite heavy in, the, in its but, thing, so how do I tip it? And, you know. Yeah, no practicality. I just had this vision driving it, it's all over me kind of thing, you know. Just, no, the practicalities mm. of doing things like that, just you saying about how the practicalities of scattering ashes how do we go about doing that if we haven't had the conversation with our loved ones about where and how it becomes quite entertaining um, I yeah. spoke earlier about my lovely mother um, who had planned everything and she'd said that she wanted a part of her ashes in some she, my mum's a New Zealander in the garden at home and part of them down on the beach where they lived so she was kind of in half and that was absolutely fine what she what we didn't think about as a family then is what do you do do you just upend the, the urn that you have how do you actually do that yeah. um, and conversations to go through all of those practical things yeah conversations are it aren't they absolutely. because you don't know do you yeah. I like the idea of scattering them all in one place, not in half. So then you're just yeah. kind of spreading them in two different places, you know. Yeah. Oh, and these are these are all things that you don't think about or talk about mm. until it comes to mm. it. Because because I would be the same as you, Jack. I would want all the ashes in one place. But actually, it doesn't matter because um, they're only the body. Mm. You know, the spirit goes on and all that yeah. stuff. But. Um, how to contain those ashes you know you can get different containers yes. you know the practicalities Absolutely. of it you can you know cardboard yeah. Yeah. Whatever, well, you can whatever. actually get, the, get, get put them in an actual ring now can't you you can you can have yeah. jewellery made you can have a rock you can have a firework made um, it's amazing yeah Absolutely. and you just amazing. need to talk about it because you while you're sitting there in front of that funeral director in the traditional way you forget you're traumatised yeah. and you have don't know about options yes and that's what you're trying to bring to everything 100% it's just to when we are calm when we're able to talk about things and take on board information is to have those conversations and it doesn't have to be particularly it doesn't have to be formal in any way it's a conversation like this we're just chatting over a cup of coffee um, but write that down pop it away um, and then just forget about it and it just means that as and when a family are having to organise something they've already got a blueprint they might have it already done and literally every detail done or there might just be a blueprint um, and that gives a family something 
something to be able to focus yeah. on as yeah. opposed to trying to, in the midst of grief, trying to work out what their loved one would have wanted. Exactly. I always remember Dad saying, don't make a big fuss of me. So we didn't make a big fuss of him. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. We had the service. Perfect. It was over, it was over like in that. 25 minutes. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. And it was out. 100%. In, out. Yeah. And yeah. that, I think, is the way that more people are, are starting to go. But, I mean, now with things like unattended services becoming so popular, um, there's quite often just a party. So the family is saying, actually, we're not going to attend the service. We'll take have the ashes afterwards and do with the ashes whatever we want to do. But in the meantime, let's just have a party and not actually go along to a crematorium. My friend did exactly that with her mum and dad. Her yeah. mum and dad died very close to each other. And she did exactly what you said. Yeah. And we were talking about it the other day. And if that happens... Um, the cremation happens before the other services in the mornings yes. and, and those are the sorts of things that you're saying that's the kind of thing we need to yes. know, you know if you're going to yes. do this this is yes. the kind of thing that happens totally and then you go off and have a party and she says it's the best thing well obviously not the best thing but you know it was the most wonderful thing that she did and her, her family members did for the parents I think it, it helps to demystify a lot of the fear um, and assumptions that are within that sort of area and the more we can do that, the better informed we become. Hopefully the smoother we make the process and the more that we can actually get out of saying goodbye to somebody out of that celebration. So where can we find you? You can find me. I have a mobile number. I shall leave my details around. Do you want me to give those to you now? If you wish. <laughs> I can be contacted on alithfuneralcelebrant at gmail.com is my email or my mobile number is 077 It's been completely fascinating and thank enlightening. You. So thank, thank you very much for coming in. Thank you so thank much. You. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Buzz Talk Business. Fancy being part of our next discussion? Then get in touch by emailing us at info at buzzpodcasts.co.uk and find out more of our conversation at buzzpodcasts.co.uk.